All right, everybody, welcome back. Another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Uh, Going to be a great, great week of college basketball as we start this uh, college basketball podcast here. Got Skip back with us this week. Good to have him in. Uh, Skeeby, before we get started, how was your weekend, brother? Super Bowl weekend? Football to bed officially for the next eight months. Man, dude, it's it's pretty crazy um, because the season, like we always talk about, just goes by so fast. And yeah. you always love the Super Bowl and everything that comes with it, the commercials, the food. I mean, it was a, an amazing game last night. Yeah, um, but it's also just so sad at the same time because now football is over and we just have to wait around for six or seven months. So, yeah, um, but I will say, man, the early favorites for the Super Bowl, we already talked about this, are your, uh, our Kansas City Chiefs. So that's right. They're minus and, uh, 700, I think. Yep. Can't complain about that. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be hosting the Super Bowl trophy next year. Yeah, um, it was a great game. Um, honestly, I didn't really know who I was cheering for. It kind of like went back and forth, it felt like, during the game. I was talking to Cole uh, a little bit earlier today. He kind of said the same thing. Like, I really didn't – I kind of wanted both teams to win. Whichever one had won the game, I think I was going to be okay with. Yeah, I was kind of in the same boat, man. I, I really didn't have much of a fight either way. Um, yeah. I just kind of wanted to see a really good game, and we definitely got that. I mean, I don't think we could have asked for a better game. So yeah. it was uh, yeah. it was a fun one for sure. Great halftime show. And then the commercials were pretty good. Um, a lot of crypto. Dude, what is crypto? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crypto. I, I mean, it's a hot topic right now for sure. And dude, like you said, there were all there were, over. Yeah, there were tons of uh, tons of commercials. So that's it's always interesting to see, you know, year in and year out how they can just keep coming up with such good commercials and keep improving it. And it's just, uh, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. That's for sure. Yeah, it was sweet. Uh, definitely a memorable, memorable Super Bowl. Um, it'll go down as one of the best games. Shout out to Matt Stafford. Well, let's jump into it, Skip. Um, not a lot of upsets uh, over the weekend. A lot more upsets during last week after the um, the podcast that we put out last week. A lot of upsets throughout the week. Um, and there's some really good games this upcoming week. Let's uh, first, first thing I've got here, Skip, Gonzaga. New number one in the country. Uh, we'll talk about the top ten maybe closer to the end. Uh, but the Zags, they just continue to win. Uh, they beat the Brakes off of St. Mary's, who I don't know how they're number 22 in the country, but they are. Um, but they're pretty damn good. And I was looking at their resume, Skip. We talked last week about their conference. And while their conference blows, their, their strength of schedule is actually pretty damn good. Uh, I mean, they've only lost to Duke and, at the time, Bama, who was number – 16 at that time um and they have some good quality wins i mean they beat texas tech beat ucla beat texas lost to duke lost to bama so i mean this team's pretty damn good and they keep crushing everyone they play yeah i mean whenever you have a caliber player like chet holmgren you're you're always going to be in the mix every single time so um you know, I, I think that I kind of mentioned that last week. I think that that's a very important thing for Gonzaga to do every single year is to load up their non-conference schedule so then they can kind of essentially, uh, you know, erase the narrative that their their strength of schedule isn't good enough with their weak conference. Yeah. Um, so I think that that was important for them to get some wins early on in the season to kind of boost up their resume. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they just, uh, like you mentioned, just flipped one spot with Auburn um, going into this week. Gonzaga was number two, and mm. um, and then Auburn uh, lost that really really good game against Arkansas, which was super sick. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to my little brother Jake. Go Hogs! Yeah, but, that's uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, Jeez. so not uh, not much movement at the very top of the top ten. But I mean. Yeah, you got to give you you got to tip your hat to Gonzaga. I mean, they're twenty one and two, and yeah. uh, had a chance to beat Duke, and um, 
which that was of course a really, really good game early on in the season. So yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't really knock them too hard. Um, but it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can do come tournament time. Yeah. And, and you alluded to Chet Holmgren and then you got Drew Timmy, who I feel like people have forgotten about. He was a beast in the tournament last year and continue is continuing his ways this year. He dropped 25 on Saturday night. So it's like they kind of have a two headed monster in the post, which can be very troublesome come, come tournament time. Uh, you alluded to Auburn. Um, yeah, they lost that game in overtime. Auburn has lost twice this year, one out of conference, one in conference, and both their games were in overtime. So, I mean, it's all they're getting blown out either loss they've had this year. Uh, Jabari Smith is a certified freak. I mean, he, I think he, this is a crazy comparison. I don't want this taken like too seriously, but his game is very similar to Kevin Durant. The way that mm-hmm. he is giant, can handle the ball, and can shoot from anywhere on the court is very impressive. Um, they bounced back after that loss to Arkansas against AM, who AM had been playing pretty well, um, and they absolutely killed them um, on Saturday morning. It was a good game to watch. Yeah, no, Jabari is without a doubt a top five pick in the draft, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. uh, when you have a versatile player like that, they can pretty much do it all. Um, you know, you can't really ask much more than that. No. The dude can score in any way that he wants. And um, whenever you got that size and athleticism, you know, you're you're not only tough on the offensive end, but you can guard multiple positions and, and uh, that holds a lot of value in the NBA. So, yeah, I agree. He's a fun player to watch. And, um, you know, you kind of alluded to it. It's so important for these teams in conference, you know, even whenever they do let one slip away so to speak, you know, for them to come back their very next yeah. game and, and just bounce back and get a good win and, and get a statement win. I know you kind of mentioned it, but Texas, Texas A&M is a solid team. So, um, you know, to, to kind of come out and get, get regrouped and, and get back on track is, is really important for these conference teams because you never want to drop one and then let that turn into two or three losses in a row. Cause then you're, you're really down bad. So yeah. Um, I've got a I great example of that later. Important. Yep, absolutely. But um, yeah, great win for the Tigers. Uh, a team skip that I think we might need to start paying a little bit more attention to, um, and it kind of doesn't make any sense because they're in the top five this week. Um, but it's Arizona. Uh, Arizona winners of six in a row. Uh, they absolutely dominated last Monday, I think. I honestly think it was Monday. They killed Arizona. Um, or excuse me, they killed Arizona State. So you would think in a rivalry game, you know, Arizona State's going to put up a fight, won by like 30. Then this past Saturday, they go and on the road, tough place to play at Washington, and they win by 24. They were down by 14 at one point in this game. And Arizona, they are honestly in – they need to be in the top – they might be the top team in the country, names-wise. Their roster is filled with sweet basketball names. Um, <laughs> just just for uh, one quick example, this guy's name – hold on, let me pull it up real quick, make sure I get it pronounced correctly because I don't want to do the guy wrong. But he went off against uh, uh, Washington over the weekend. Now oh, my computer is messing up. This is embarrassing. But they have been able to just – like I said, they won six in a row, um, and and they seem to be super athletic and can score from all three all three spots on the floor. Um, they kind of seem to be like kind of solidifying themselves as we get down here towards the uh, the end of the season. Yeah, and that's that's an impressive feat right there. You know, to have six in a row, especially with the uh, with the Pac-12 being a little bit stronger than it normally is this year. Yeah. You know, you got teams like. Arizona, UCLA, USC, um, who are all very, very good teams. So uh, anytime you can win six conference games in a row, that's that's impressive. And, um, you know, it's not – college basketball is one of those sports that it's not always about the best team, but it's just about the team that gets the hottest at the right time. So if they can carry that momentum into their conference tournament, um, you know, obviously you, you want to win your conference tournament championship. Uh, then they could they could really have a lot of momentum going into uh, going into the big dance. 
Yeah, definitely. Okay, I've got his name, dude. Ready for this? Uh, his name, the he had 25 points, leading scorer for Arizona on Saturday. Benedict Mathurin. <laughs> <laughs> Old Benedict dropped in 25 for the Cats, and they absolutely rolled in the desert. So keep wow. an eye out for their names in the tournament. They'll be good. They'll have good names for the uh, for the upcoming March Madness. Um, That's hilarious. That's a shout out, Key and Peel. Yeah, no doubt. Literally, <laughs> that is a huge Key and Peel uh, name right there, Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> um, so a team that I'm really starting to like, Skip, is Kentucky, and we talked about them last week. Um, they are, for some reason, I feel like the theme of this season for me right now is athleticism. Um, mm-hmm. these teams are crazy athletic and Kentucky is one of them. Um, big news though, for Kentucky, they lost their guy, Ty Ty Jones, one of the best guards in the country. He plays, he's a guard, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just making sure I had that right. Um, he left the game. Uh, Calip- I read today that, um, Calipari says that he's day to day. Um, they, I've got a couple of games looking forward to this upcoming week that I want to talk about, and I'll just go ahead and knock this one out. They Kentucky goes to Tennessee on Wednesday, which will be a great game. Um, old Ty Ty is uh, questionable for that game, so that would be a, that's huge. But Kentucky just absolutely killed Florida. Florida has kind of fallen off. I haven't heard anything about them this year, not having a great year. Um, typically a really decent SEC team, um, but they got absolutely murdered by 21 um, in Lexington on Saturday. Yeah, Chan, it's uh, it's funny you say that because at this time of year, um, injuries, dude, injuries are so important to the success of, of teams, you know? Yeah. Um, You've got to have your main guys in there and, and healthy. And um, a lot of times whenever these teams are – are, are battling through this tough part of the season, you know, the home stretch, just trying to get to the conference tournament. You're playing two or three games a week, battling every single night, you know, injuries here and there, whether it's a twisted ankle or a sore shoulder or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, it, it's super, super important for these teams to be healthy at this time of the year. So could be a, a potential big loss for, for Kentucky. I, I, we obviously hope and pray that he's okay. And, um, but yeah, I mean, injuries are a very, very hot topic at this point of the season. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. I really, really hadn't thought about that. You never know, like when teams struggle, like a Florida on the other side of this conversation, like they might have a bunch of guys out at this time and it just might not be their year. And that happens, especially in college athletics, that happens big time. Just Mm -hmm. not your year. I wouldn't expect Florida to be down for too long. I mean, they're, they're not a blue blood, but they're like a second tier, I'd say, in terms of basketball prowess. Um, yep. So, so look for them to bounce back next year. Um, Kansas, Kansas barely escapes on Saturday after uh, beating Oklahoma by two. Tough loss last week. Um, honestly, it might have been our fault, Skip, because we kind of hyped them up before that game, and then they really just they actually kind of. Duke and Kansas spent a lot of time hyping them up last week. And then on that Monday night, they both choked one away. Uh, both should have won that game. Um, Kansas just really uncharacteristic of a Bill Self team, really turned it over at the end of the game against Texas. And Texas made plays when they had to, and they beat them. Um, and it, that was kind of the trend in the Oklahoma game that they had on Saturday, I actually got to watch most of that game um, until probably about three or four minutes left. Um, But Oklahoma making plays, making shots, not turning the ball over. And on the other side of the coin, Kansas doing the exact opposite. They were turning the ball over. They weren't making shots. And um, Oklahoma really let that one slip away. And, and that just goes to show that goes back to our home court advantage. I mean, Kansas knows how to win in Lawrence and they don't lose there very often. And that's exactly what happened. Honestly, Oklahoma just got overwhelmed and Kansas kept it close enough to turn it on at the end and they won. And that's to me, that's a very dangerous trait to have going into March. Yeah. 
No, I mean, we talked about it last week. Um, obviously, you're going to run into games where you're not hitting shots and you're not shooting the ball that well. But one of the keys of, of basketball at any level is to take care of the ball. Yeah. So that's something that you always have to have consistent is, is taking care of the ball, playing good defense, um, you know, because that's that's what, uh, like I said, you're, you're not always, always going to be hitting shots. So um, being able to just find ways to win, um, and it's not always going to be pretty. Uh, anyone, coaches, players, fans, a win is a win at this point in the season. So however you can get a win and however you can find a way to win is, is the most important. And a lot of times, you know, those top tier programs like Kansas and Kentucky and Duke, you know, they just, they simply find ways to win and they've been in those positions before. And so they know what it takes to win. Um, but simply, you know, just doing whatever it takes, doing the little plays, um, making hustle plays, um, all that stuff is, is so important because uh, you never know how much of an impact it can have on the outcome of the game. So um, yeah. I think that that's, that's a great point by you. And uh, you know, the home court advantage again, man, the home court advantage is so key in college basketball. It's, it's unreal. Um, so having those fans behind, behind KU and uh, Duke got a couple of really, really good wins this, this past week. So having those fans behind you and, and on your side is, is really important. And it just, it really gets the guys going and um, hypes everyone up, up in the gym, whether it's the players, the coaches, the commentators, I mean, you name it. It's the, the more that the more hype you have in the gym, the more likely you're going to be better off. Yeah, definitely. And this matchup too, Oklahoma always seems to play Kansas really well flashback, like, three years I think when Trey Young and and Buddy Heald went up there and lost my triple overtime that game yeah. was nuts Buddy Heald went for like 48 I'm pretty sure um, <laughs> yeah. and still Kansas found a way to win that game like that's what's mm -hmm. crazy the other team had a guy go for 48 probably scored like about half their points and they still win um, real quick yep. before we move on from Kansas uh, everybody talks about um Everybody talks about freaking Christian Braun and Ochai Abaji, and rightfully so. But I'll tell you who I like on Kansas is Dewan Harris, dude. That guy, crafty, crafty point guard, a prototypical point guard. Gets into the lane well, passes well. So for some reason, I absolutely love the lefty Hooper because he probably you just don't see him that much. But He's just, he's just a good little guard. Got to give credit where it's due. Uh, I think he really makes that team go more so than what people say. Oh, yeah. Anytime you have good point guard play, that just ups your team so much. Because, um, yeah. I mean, obviously the point guard is the, the coach and the floor general out there. So um, if he's out there making plays and getting people the ball whenever they need to have the ball and, um, you know, just, just coordinating the offense and getting everybody going, that, that's a huge plus for your team. And, um, you know, anytime you have a, a good point guard, he's going to make the other guys around him so much better. So um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, having a good point guard like that definitely helps uh, Christian Braun and, and Ochai and all their bigs. It, it helps them even more as well. Yeah, Jalen Wilson, too. He's a freak. He's just a little small forward. Uh, yeah. he, he led their team against Oklahoma in points. So um, moving forward. Okay, we actually need to address something because we might we might have jinxed or potentially cursed this team, Skip. Last Tuesday, Houston goes to SMU. Houston was up, I want to say, either 16 or 17 points at the half. Things were looking good, and they blew it. SMU came back and won uh, against number six, Houston. Um, we talked last week. Um, about how good they we thought they were and they still are but alluded earlier in this episode of the podcast we were saying that you can't let a conference loss at this point of the season uh compound well houston did just that houston at home lost to a reeling memphis team um a memphis team that has had a really bad year uh penny hardaway's been in the news uh really under under fire in terms of how how bad the program is um 
and and they lost actually by 10, which is really weird. Um, kind of maybe a red flag uh, going forward here from the Houston Cougars. I know it's a week-to-week basis. They might be back, you know, by the time we record next Monday. But like you said about Arizona – or no, not Arizona. Like you said about Auburn, sorry. You lose one, that's fine. But if you're a top team, you better not let that compound. And I think I think Houston – keep an eye on Houston reeling. Yeah. I actually have that jotted down in my notes as well. Um, they lost to unranked Memphis, who's only 14 and eight on the season. And like you said, they're dealing with a lot of personal issues off the court. Um, and that was actually, uh, that loss snapped Houston's 37 game home winning streak, which I wow. thought was, uh, was a pretty inf- impressive feature right there. But yeah, man, I mean, they lose two games this past week and they go from being number six in the country all the way down to number 14. And especially a team like Houston cannot afford to, to lose multiple games like that um, whenever they don't have as, as good of a conference or as good of a uh, strength of schedule as some of these other teams. So um, yeah, this is not, uh, not the time of the year that you want to be um, trajecting in the wrong direction. And um, I think that that's, that is something to keep an eye on because, uh, you know, they lose, they lose one more game and they might be talking about being out of the top 25. So, um, who knows? And that's, that's a, a really, that's a good thing to keep an eye on. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just could not believe, I, I didn't realize that they had a 37 game home winning streak before that loss. So, um, but it's one of those things, you know, we don't know what they're dealing with internally or uh, behind the closed doors. So kind of like similar to Steph Curry earlier this year. I, I remember whenever he was, he was, uh, you know, going shooting for the three point record and he was kind of struggling there for a little bit, almost maybe like pushing the limit a little bit too much, maybe, um, you know, who knows that might've been what, what Houston was dealing with there. They got 37 home uh, game winning streak at home. Um, that kind of might be in a way a blessing in disguise. So then they don't have that on their mind anymore. They can just yeah. kind of go out there and play. So, so who knows? Um, like you said, they might come out this week and, and get some, some quality wins and be right back on track. So, um, but definitely something to keep, keep an eye on for sure. Yeah. They play their next two games. They go, they play UCF at home then they go at Wichita state. So you would think two potential wins uh, to get back on track, but you never know. Um, so keep an eye on that, like we said. Um, and maybe this game could have been the game of the weekend, a crazy good game um, in Los Angeles. A lot of Los Angeles this weekend. Um, USC and UCLA uh, at USC. Really good game. Came down to the absolute wire. USC won, ended up winning by three, 67-64. Um, I had this posed to me by our buddy Lucas, so I'll ask you, Skip. Um, I tend to disagree, and I'll give you his numbers after I ask the question, but Lucas claims that he thinks that Johnny Juzang is overrated. Wow. That's a, that's a pretty – Pretty solid take right there. And before and you answer, I'm curious to see what what is uh, what his logic is behind that. Um, before I get into that, his numbers for the season right now, he averages 17.8 points per game, so 18. He averages 5.2 rebounds a game and basically two assists a game. So I mean, I don't know really what overrated means, but I mean, I think he did. You know, Juzang, we talked about him last week. I mean, he is one of the best guards in the country, and I think that his numbers could probably be better. But, I mean, he's definitely the target every night. I mean, there's got to be guys that need to step up around him um, if UCLA wants a chance. Because they were, last week, in the top five. They dropped all the way out of the top 10 to 12, and now they lost or they lost again. So um, we'll get into, you know, the, the top 25 here in a second. But they're kind of like Houston. They're not careful, and they're in a much more difficult conference than than Houston is. Um, if they're not careful, they could drop out of the top twenty-five really quickly. 
Um, and on the yep. flip side, uh, USC, now they were charged up for sure. That arena was, was fired up, and it kind of felt like a game that USC just was not going to lose. Like, the crowd was too fired up. They wanted to win too badly. Um, UCLA tried to do everything they could, but it just wasn't going to work out for them that night. Um, so, I don't know. Great game out there. Uh, skip your thoughts on Juzang and then get into the game. No, I really like Juzang's game. I think he's just an overall versatile player. And, um, you know, he, he's a guy that can just go get you a bucket at the end of the game. And I, I think – if I remember correctly, he had a really, really good tournament last last March. Yeah, he did. Um, and that kind of, you know, essentially put him on the map. And so now I feel like he's kind of established himself and he, he's a certified really, really good player in college basketball. And um, anytime you're averaging 17 points a game, I mean, that's <laughs> you're definitely able to score. Um, uh, for instance, Paulo Bancaro. For, for Duke is averaging about 17 points a game right now. And he's projected to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. So yeah. um, that kind of puts it into perspective. You know, um, if you can stay consistent like that and, and score, um, you're, you're obviously doing something right. So I, I like his game a lot. And um, I think that he just kind of has that, that it factor. Um, yeah. Like, I, like I alluded to last uh, last March in the tournament, he hit some really, really big shots for UCLA. So um, anytime you have a clutch guy like that on your team, that's really, really important as well. Um, and I did not get a chance to watch that game personally, but um, I'm curious, was was Bill Walton on the call? Yeah, dude. <laughs> God, that's a lot of people have mixed feelings about that, but I'm Bill sure he Walton. was. I'm sure he was was animated and saying some pretty wild stuff. But, um, yeah, I really like USC, dude. I, I think that USC is is kind of a team, one of those teams that not a lot of people have talked about this year. But um, they are a really, really solid team. And, um, again, that, that Pac-12 conference is way better than it normally is. So um, that's, that's definitely good to see. And, uh, yeah, the, the game against UCLA, 67-64, I mean, coming down to the wire, must have been a really, really good game, back and forth, a lot of clutch plays. So, um, you know, you, you love to see it, and um, it'll, be, uh, it'll be interesting to see between those two teams kind of who goes in the right direction and who kind of falls off, uh, kind of like you mentioned a little bit. Yeah, and don't forget about Arizona in the Pac-12, too. I mean, there's yeah. it's not an easy road. You can't afford to lose a game. And a real quick fact about that game, too, for USC, huge win for them without Isaiah Mobley. He did not play in the game, probably their best player, um, I would say, anyway. And they had some, they had a, no. some key contributions, uh, for sure. So they, they'll be a dangerous tournament team, I would have to imagine. Um Maybe the best thing I saw this week, shout out uh, to these guys, Rutgers, two huge wins. I was reading today, Rutgers two wins this past week have put them onto the bubble officially. Um, they beat Ohio State last Tuesday at, at Rutgers, and Ohio State was number 16 at the time. And uh, Wisconsin absolutely killed Wisconsin at Wisconsin, won by, uh, what is that? They won by eight. I guess I shouldn't say absolutely killed but a solid win on the road for Rutgers. Look out for them as they get hot here. Um, I watched that entire Rutgers versus Ohio State game. Rutgers has good guard play, and they've got this guy. Oh, what is his name, dude? He is huge. Um, they dude, I love, I love the bubble talk. Yeah, dude. <laughs> this is this okay. time of year, man, the bubble talk. And shout out Joe Lenardi. Yeah, bracketology is a huge thing. Honestly, I wonder how he he I wonder how much money he gets paid just for the the, the word bracketology because he definitely Dude, that would that. be that would be the sickest job ever. God, that'd be that would be so awesome, bro. And honestly, dude, had this in, jotted down in my notes as well. The Big Ten has a lot of good teams. Yeah, like you said, Rutgers. Not you know, not necessarily a team that people talk about, but. I mean, dude, that Big Ten is is loaded right now. You got you got number uh, 
number 12, Illinois. You got number five, Purdue. Number 15, Wisconsin. Number 19, Michigan State. And number 18, Ohio State. So, I mean, that is a really, really deep conference. And, uh, yeah, two huge wins by Rutgers. And, and uh, honestly, you know, if they don't get those two wins, like you said, they, they're not even really in consideration, I don't think. So uh, that just goes to show you that the power of getting conference wins this late in the season can, can ultimately change your season and turn it completely around because – that would be pretty crazy if they uh, if they ended up squeaking it out and and making the making the field. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that I think that Ohio State game honestly propelled them because they were down kind of late in the second half and ended up uh, pulling that out kind of in the last few seconds. Um, the Rutgers player I was going to mention his name was Clifford Omorui. Omorui. <laughs> 6'11", 240 from Benign City, Nigeria. Shout out to my boy Taiwo Aluwa Pumila. He's from um, he's he's from Lagos, Nigeria himself. Uh, so, man, another just quality name right there. Oh yeah, <laughs> Clifford Omori. <laughs> but yeah, he was really good in the Ohio State game. Really good. Uh, look for him down the road here. Um, and then staying in the Northeast, I talked to about him last week. Somehow, some way, Skip, I keep finding myself watching the Providence Friars. I don't really know why. I'm not really meaning to, but every time I turn them on, they're keeping my interest. Um, they had a, th- a really good basketball game win in overtime against DePaul. Kind of like we talked about earlier, conference games. Super competitive. You know you're going to get your best shot, especially when you're number one in the Big East like Providence is. Um, DePaul goes on the road and puts up a fight, but Providence too good. We talked about him last week going on a 13-0 run by himself. Jared Bynum throws in another 25 points for the game, led his team in scoring. Um, And much like DeWan Harris, DeWan Harris isn't as much of a – as good of a scorer as, as Jared Bynum, but he makes that team go. Providence has great guard play, and uh, when you take care of the basketball, you're you, you have a chance to win a lot of games. Uh, that's I think that's honestly I believe that's Providence's strength right now is their guard play. Um, yeah, and who would have ever thought that Providence would be sitting at number eight right now in the country? That's <laughs> uh, up, up mean, three spots from up three spots from eleven. So great week for Providence. Yeah, and it's crazy because you alluded to it a little bit. They've had some really, really close games here recently, you know, games that could have easily not gone in their favor. And we're probably not even sitting here talking about Providence if they don't win those games. So, um, you know, and there's no way that they would be sitting at number eight, obviously. So yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's good for college basketball, I think, at the end of the day, because, like I said, who would have ever thought that Providence would be number eight in the country right now? No so it just goes to show you if, you, if you have a good squad and and you have a, a good coach on your side, you know, anything is possible. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Um, it was an awesome win for them. Uh, the Big East, too, Skip. You talked about uh, the Big Ten. The Big East, sneaky good conference right now. Um, they got some good teams. UConn is another one to keep your eye on, too. They could be a nasty tournament team. A lot of experience, good coaching. So uh, keep your eye on that tournament. That's always a great tournament. Even if the teams are bad, the Big East tournament always seems to be really good. Yeah. Shout out Kimba Walker for one of the best games of all time. Six overtimes at the Garden. Against Georgetown, right? Oh, that's something I should know. Off the top okay. of my head. I'm, I'm pulling it up. We need to know that. UConn, six OTs. I mean, one of the greatest games ever. You want to give a guess? So I tell you, this is not Georgetown. It's not Georgetown. It's um, it's actually going to be kind of tough. Is it the Q's? I stand corrected. It's not going to be very tough. It is Syracuse. <laughs> Let's go. Well said, yeah. Skeevy. Great guess. Yeah. Because the Q's used to be in the Big East whenever we were growing up, and now they've yep. uh, now they've made the switch over to the ACC. I was literally about to say it's going to be tough to get this team because they've left the Big East, and then you were like Syracuse. 
So never mind. Great call, Skip. Um, brother, give us give us the Duke rundown from last week. How did they look? What was their week like? Uh, Man, Duke. Yeah, Duke had a uh, a really really solid week this past week. Um, you know, obviously this is kind of just a uh, a fan saying this, but anything can can happen. But uh, you alluded to it earlier. Should not have lost to Virginia. I mean, that was just a, ter- a terrible loss on their end. They completely gave the game away, but. Uh, bounced back and had two really, really solid wins, both on the road. Um, They beat Clemson 82-64, and then they beat Boston College 72-61. So where I was going with this is that Duke has a really, really good chance, in my opinion, to uh, potentially win out. Um, We do have uh, Wake Forest at Cameron Indoor Stadium tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night on ESPN. And then uh, we have Florida State at home. Then we go at Virginia, at Syracuse. And then we go at Pittsburgh. And the final game of the season, you already know it, uh, Duke and UNC, Coach K's last game ever at uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium. So um, I think that they have, in my opinion, man, I think they have a good shot of, of potentially winning out. But as we have said it many, many times, you never know with college basketball. So um, I think they're looking good right now, man. And and we talked about teams, the importance of teams being healthy. Um, We just got back a couple of games ago, our, uh, our star guard, Trevor Keels. He was, uh, he was out for a couple of games with a lower leg injury, which really affected us for sure. But uh, he came back and had a really strong performance this week, put up 25. Um, so he's, he's a, a really key, key, uh, key part of our team. You know, Trevor Keels, Bancaro, uh, we got Mark Williams, man in the paint. And then uh, we got some shooters on the outside as well. So I, I really like this Duke team. Um, I like this team better than Duke's team last year. So... Uh, you know, I, I think that we could we have a really good shot of making a run in the tournament, but uh, but time will tell, my friend. <laughs> yeah, time will tell. Skip, got a good question for you, Duke. If you if you think that Duke is going to go on this on this tear to end the season, and that schedule seems pretty favorable, um, honestly, I think their toughest game is at home against North Carolina, in my opinion. Yeah. out of the out of the games you just listed. Um, who is going to be Duke's X factor? So take out Bancaro, take out the guy they just got back. Like who's going to be the guy that is not necessarily going to carry them, but is going to push them over that edge. Yeah. That's a tough question, man. So yeah, like I said, you got, you got the heavy hitters with Bancaro and Trevor Keels. You kind of know what you're going to get with those guys night in and night out, but um, we talked about it earlier, man, with, with point guard play. Um, we have a, a point guard, Jeremy Roach. Um, he is the type of dude that he's not going to put up a whole lot of stats in the stat book. Um, you know, he'll, ha- he'll have some games where he breaks out scoring or he'll have a lot of assists or whatever. But, um, you know, he, he's the guy uh, several games this year actually has played the full 40 and um, so he, he's just a, a motor guy. He, he plays really, really good defense. Um, so I think that he's going to be one of the X factors because he needs to get Trevor Keels and, and Bancaro and, and Mark Williams. He just needs to get them the ball at the right time. He needs to run the offense. He's most likely going to be the, the guy that guards the other team's best guard. So him on defense is going to be a huge factor. Um, so I, I think him, uh, if I had to, if I had to take a guess, I would say Jeremy Roach, um, just because again, man, point guard play at this time of year is so important and, uh, Duke needs to just be able to make shots and take care of the ball. Uh, that was one of the key factors as a matter of fact, against whenever they blew that game against Virginia, Mm -hmm. they had like almost 20 turnovers in the game. So, I mean, you, you just can't have that and expect to win. So, um, so yeah, I, I would say Jeremy Roach for sure. Love it. 
Uh, Jeremy Roach, people, uh, keep an eye out. Um, real quick before I move on from the Duke-Clemson game, what a disgusting play on that breakaway layup. Dude. I can't believe. I like, mean, as bad as it gets. Like, the, uh, I mean, I am all about playing hard, and, and there's nothing wrong, in my opinion, with a hard foul. But that's just not it, man. Like, yeah, you're that was better. as bad as it gets. Like, I can't believe he only got suspended for one game. I honestly was – I think he should have got suspended for more because that is just – there's no thought to that. Like, he just – I don't really even know how to, like, describe what he did. But just a, just bad. Just really, just, really a sad play. Yeah, honestly. And <laughs> Um, you know, that's, he was, he didn't even make a play on the ball at all. And, um, I mean, that type of play, you know, exactly what you're doing. Yeah. You know, he, he, know, he knew in the back of his mind what he was doing. So it, it's just, there, there's no room in the game for that. And, um, you know, thank God Wendell Moore Jr. Uh, didn't get hurt. I mean, cause he, man, he took a big spill and it looked yeah. It looked like it was going to be really, really bad. So thank, thank God he's okay. But yeah, just a just an overall horrible play, and I, I couldn't agree more. I think I, I actually talked to several people about that play in, in particular, and I, a lot of people were saying he should be suspended for the rest of the season. And and I got to admit, I, I think that I completely agree with that. I mean, that's to only get suspended one game for that is is pretty shocking. So. You, you just hope and pray that you never see plays like that ever again. Yeah, it was – it. I cannot believe the the one game. Um, I don't know I, – I mean, I don't disagree with the with the people that you talked to that said he should be suspended the rest of the year, but I don't necessarily agree either. I think uh, I think you got to teach him a lesson, but I think you give him, you know, another chance or whatever to come back and play the rest of the year. And obviously he will – um, I can tell you this though, he'll probably never do that again. Um, that's yeah. as wrong as it is, decent, I guess a good lesson to learn. You better I I can't believe the benches didn't clear, honestly. I would have thought that they would have been going after each other big time. <laughs> I know no, honestly, I can it. I gotta I gotta kind of sit here and bite my tongue a little bit because I'm I'm talking about this, the a play that happened to a Duke player. Well, I'm sure a lot of sports fans out there are thinking right now, well you know, Grayson Allen. Yeah. And all of true. his nonsense. So like, it's, it, it's, it's tough. It, it is yeah. tough because I, for one second, do not ever agree with anything that Grayson Allen has ever done on the basketball court as far as uh, some of those shady plays. But um, <laughs> yeah, man, there's just, there's just no room in the game for it at all. So um, now that you say that, you know, it probably shouldn't be suspended the rest of the season, but Definitely, you know, the kid should be should be taught a lesson for sure. I, I, I was thinking like I I thought three to five. I think it should have been three to five. Yeah. Um, he misses a good amount of games. Mm-hmm. He's like pretty punished, but he's back by the end of the season and into the conference tournament. But whatever. Uh, yeah. he'll be back, ready to roll. It's pretty crazy, man, that <laughs> we're sitting here, teams only have about five or six more games left in the entire year. Um, a lot of conference tournaments are going to be that first week of March, uh, you know, around like March 8th, March 9th. Um, and then, dude, we are officially one less than one month away from Selection Sunday. Wow. Uh, Selection Sunday, March 13th. So Dang. yesterday was was exactly one month. So we're uh, we're in the home stretch and it's uh it's one of the one of the best times of year for all of sports, man. No doubt, and that's a great segue uh, into this. My favorite part of the podcast: a little mid-major talk to wrap us up. Uh, we'll start in the Missouri Valley with with my boys, the Missouri State Bears. Uh, Missouri State Bears had a phenomenal week, literally a phenomenal week. Um, First off, they lose to Loyola on Sunday, and we talked last week about how important these conference games are. Yep. Turn right back on the road and head to Des Moines, Iowa, to take on the Drake Bulldogs and gutted out a huge four-point win 
Um, they had been down in the game at one point in the second half by nine. Um, I honestly can't believe that they pulled it off. It's, it's a Missouri State game that just would not normally be won by the Bears. But we'll take it at this point of the season. Um, a great game on the road for them um, uh, going into the final stretch of the season. And then we turn around on Saturday and beat Valparaiso at home. Uh, a pretty dominant win. It was a little dicey uh, towards the end of the first, beginning of the second half. But uh, Isaiah Mosley pretty much went off, I would say. Went for 22 points, led the team in scoring. Um, and we're going to need him really, really big down the stretch. Um, he He's our most consistent scorer. Uh, he, I mean, we, we're, we're going to need him. He, but the problem is he's just not a point guard. He doesn't really necessarily – he needs somebody to pass him the ball. He's good at creating his own shot, but he's not bringing the ball up the floor. Um, and I personally sometimes think he forces too much. Um, I think he goes one-on-one a lot, and most of the time it works, but it doesn't always work. And it definitely didn't work against Loyola last Sunday. So the Bears just need to keep grinding, keep improving – um, the current Missouri Valley race for the top four seeds the, this past week, which kind of makes this Loyola loss hurt even more, but the top four in the Missouri Valley right now are Loyola number one who beat you and I yesterday, Missouri state and Northern Iowa and Bradley. So Missouri state has shot all the way from fourth to second. And this past week could be an absolute sole possession of first had they beaten Loyola on last Sunday can't reflect on that now but Missouri State the last four games they play this this uh this March or this this coming down to the end of the season here we go to Indiana State tomorrow and then a big big revenge game for us we let one slip away against Northern Iowa uh, the last time we played them in Springfield we go to Northern Iowa on Saturday for a 1 p.m. showdown. Um, that'll be huge because we're just a game above them in the Missouri Valley standings. And then as we talk about in the conference schedule, Skip, you turn right around, regardless of if you win or lose that game against Northern Iowa, you turn around and play Bradley, who's in fourth. So you lose to Northern Iowa, you slip down to third. Then you turn around and you don't take care of business against Bradley. You can slip all the way to fourth. And I really – Missouri State is not going to be able to get the one seed in the in Arch Madness, but they can get the two seed, and that would be huge. I think the Bears can win out. Will they? No. But I think they can. Um, they have they have the schedule that sets up well. Uh, I, I can't wait. Yeah, shout out Arch Madness, dude. Love Arch Madness. Best mid-major tournament in the country. Oh yeah, I I would agree with that one hundred percent. And and dude, I mean uh, Isaiah, he he's fun to watch, man. I mean he anytime again, you know, a lot of these bigger schools, you know, you got like Bancaro for Duke, you got Holmgren for for Gonzaga. But anytime you have a dynamic player like that, you're you're gonna have a chance no matter what. And at this time of year he has to be playing his best basketball and he kind of, you know, literally has to will his team to win. And um, especially for a team like Missouri state that, you know, is, is not going to get an at large bid if they don't win their conference tournament. So he, he knows that in the back of his mind and he knows what he needs to do to, to help his team get to that point. So, um, you know, big time players make, make big time plays and big time moments. So, He's right. just got to continue to – they got to continue to grind out wins. And um, Missouri State, they're, they're a fun team to watch, man. So hopefully they can uh, – again, we alluded to it earlier. Hopefully they can have that momentum going into the conference tournament. And um, it'd be huge for them if they could win out and, and uh, kind of control their own destiny and, and hold on to that, to that two seed. Um, and then have another crack at Loyola potentially in the, uh, in the conference tournament. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a good race. Um, and then another good race, the Ohio Valley down here in my neck of the woods uh, had Belmont here on Saturday, Belmont, a really good, really good potential tournament team. Um, unfortunately they're going to have to win the Ohio Valley to get in, but I think they can do that. 
They are the exact opposite. They have really good guard play, fundamental guard play, but then their big guys are their big guys are nasty. Um, they made life difficult for SEMO on Saturday. The Ohio Valley race, though, really heating up. Uh, Murray, Belmont, Moorhead, SEMO, top four in the Ohio Valley. Um, Murray beat Moorhead by four on Tuesday uh, last week. Huge matchup there. Uh, Murray comes to Cape Girardeau and two, actually next Saturday. Um, so excited to, to watch that matchup. That'll be sweet. Um, and and Simo goes to Moorhead this Saturday. So that's actually a really big matchup for the Red Hawks as they look they could they could jump Moorhead, I think, if they win that game. So there's some really good mid-major uh mid-major races right now, Skip. Um closing remarks. Uh look forward. This is a really good week of college basketball. I made a mistake earlier in the podcast. I said that Kentucky plays at Tennessee Wednesday. It's actually tomorrow. Um, so there are really good games for tomorrow. Um, big Monday tonight, it's not great. It's kind of some lackluster matchups, but I just actually – crazy. I just saw a commercial. Super Tuesday is super. <laughs> like Skip said, Wake Forest and Duke. Uh, Texas at Oklahoma, that'll be a good one. Kentucky at Tennessee, like I talked about. Um, keep your eye on Wisconsin at Indiana, too. Indiana, tough to play at home, but Wisconsin, a decent team, going to make some noise in the tournament. I love it, Chan. Just feed me hoops, hoops, and more hoops. I mean – Real quick, I'll feed you real quick, Skip. Huge matchup. Just saw this scroll across my screen here. Villanova, Big East. Number 10 goes to Providence, number 8, 7 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. If you have the CBS Sports Network, I would highly recommend turning into that. Great guard play in that game. Jared Bynum calling it right now. I don't know what the actual over-under is, but his over-under on points has to be 21. Hammer the over. <laughs> <laughs> he said hammer the over. I love yeah. it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it, Anytime you can have a top 10 matchup, that's, that is what's up. So, um, yeah, dude, just great time of year for college basketball. Again, you know, uh, really, really good matchups this week. Can't wait to see what happens and just fire me up, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm stoked about it. <laughs> yep. I am too. We'll be back next Monday for the third basketball podcast of the figure it out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Appreciate you guys listening. Skeeby, we'll talk to you next Monday. Okay, brother? Yes, sir, my guy. Take it easy, and we'll uh, we'll definitely chat next Monday. All right, brother. Peace. All right.